<laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, you are listening to In Conversation with, uh, I'm your host Colm, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Gavin Kelly. How you doing? And Mr. Greg Mulhall. Gavin, uh, not so fresh off a train from Galway, he was up at Rag Week. Uh, I'm not too bad, like, you know. For, yeah. those, for those of our, our, our many listeners that don't know what Rag Week is, Gavin, uh, do elaborate for us, please. God, Greg, you know better than me, to be honest. Yeah, in fairness, when it comes to Galway, anyways. Yeah, well, Rag Week is Raise and Giving Week. Yeah. Um, but it's actually unofficial in Galway, mm. so Gavin just went on a piss-up for... Only two days. Two days. Which is pretty much what Rag Week is, anyway. Yeah, 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 essentially, yeah, 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 yeah. And an how's the form yeah. today? I'm, I'm not too bad. I thought mm. it'd be a lot worse. You're not looking too fresh. Says <laughs> the one. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, me and, Greg, me and Greg are not that fresh this morning either. We were in coppers last this night. This is awfully so. unprofessional. I don't know if I agree with this. <laughs> Our guest doesn't mind. Speaking of, oh, we, are, that, we yeah. are joined by uh, FM104 and secondary school teacher, Mr. Rob O'Hanahan. That's myself, yeah. Cheers, Laz. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming out, Rob. Um, yeah, we met before a couple of times before. Before we ever did radio, actually. Yeah, we, you, did, you came and did a workshop in DCU there last year. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you also host, or you also um, judge one of the hybrid awards. That's right, video award last year. Yeah. yeah which is um, crack. And that's, that's where we, I think we initially approached you to be on Yeah, that's be on right. I'd actually, I'd, I'd actually completely forgotten until I got your text and I was like, geez, I actually totally forgot about that because that was back in April. That was April, year. yeah. Um, like, obviously, we kind of uh, broke up for summer or whatever. We were, we were all Oh, you were all back together on that, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. So glad. Uh, yeah, I no. don't know. Like Gal- Colin and I had a bit of a falling out last night. Now, yeah, Greg slapped <laughs> me across the face last night. Like, I, I, did, I did you deserve it? In like, fairness, I was pissed from laundry. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but we were. Um, we obviously all went home to to work for the summer, and then it actually kind of slipped my mind as well. And I remember, oh, I remember Rob. Rob said he'd come on the show, so I got back in touch, and obviously, yeah. no, here we are now. Here. Lads, I'm not going to lie, I had to flick back through some of the episodes, I had a serious case of imposter. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, like Rachel English, Brian Dobson, uh, Dave Fannin, I was like, lads, I was like, spot the odd one. Out. <laughs> we've, we've been blessed with some good guests, yeah. Uh, um, well, if you, look at our, if you look at our earlier interviews, uh, most of them are just our mates from college, like, yeah. very yeah. interesting. Our very first interviews are literally very our mates. Jack Matthews, for Christ's sake. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, don't feel out of place, Rob. Oh, thanks, lads. We treat that. every guest equally. <laughs> We're an equal opportunity <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Interviewer, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll start like I traditionally do. Um, so what was your initial thought when I approached you to be on the podcast? Uh, look, I was delighted. Uh, I was surprised, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I always kind of like, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, imposter syndrome. I think it's part of life though as well. I think like no matter what you do, and where you go in life, or what age you are, you kind of you always have that little bit in the back of your head that's kind of saying, yeah, you'll ne- you, you like you act like, you know. You, you suppose you like if you look at some of our former guests, in fairness, like somebody like Brian Dobson, you probably like you'll probably be like, oh, like it's Brian Dobson, mm. but I like you're 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 in, you're in good company. We find <laughs> that uh, in feeling people from radio, like younger people like yourself, um, they're the most crack. Yeah, yeah. we had um, we had. Why, Graham, you, why are you trying to say with our older guests? <laughs> Full of wisdom. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we had Graham and Nathan on there last week. And we I had, actually, I love we had, uh, yeah. we had Peter on the week before. Oh, and, um, Fergal Arcee. Yeah, Fergal Arcee, yeah. And yeah. they're all, yeah, like the... I, young- met, uh, I met Graham and Nathan years ago before any of us got involved in radio. Um, I met them at a... Oh, man, what was it? it was... So we won, we won something. We basically won tickets, myself and the, and the shifts lads, won tickets to these master classes, these Coca-Cola master classes. Right. right. As part of something. I can't remember what it was. And, um... I picked one with Dermot O'Leary. 
Right. And okay. I was like, I was like, so they in Ballsbridge Hotel or whatever. Well, they'd never been to Ballsbridge before. Great adventure for the North Sider. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is place. Uh, Ballsbridge Hotel arrived or whatever. And Graham and Nathan were sitting there. And uh, we were all like, it was just funny. Like, you know, just like we were chatting away, like yeah. obviously same age or whatever. But uh, I remember when they started then on uh, TRL, was Total Cross Live, they used to do yeah. on Spin on the Sunday evening. And I remember being like, geez, I know those lads. And then it was like fully charged. And I was like, oh my God, no, I do know those lads. Yeah, they're, like, for, they're, they're really taking off at the moment. Um, so let's let's get straight into it. So I was broadcasting and kind of, ra- like I suppose you actually do have two careers now in fairness. Like you have the, the teaching as well. Keep as the mommy the, and daddy happy, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Good civil service job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we'll talk about the broadcasting first. So was broadcasting always uh, a thing that you never. had in mind? No? Never. No, I genuinely mean that, never. So I... <laughs> Um, do you ever hear that thing like you know like oh geez how do you get a job did he collect five packets of potato and then uh, yeah that's pretty much how I got a job in 104 um, so I I entered a competition to to work with 104 um, back about two or three years ago um, and I it was to be the dubs blogger okay right now for me there are two words that annoy me more than anything else in the world the dubs and blog right so for so me I was like join them together and perfect yeah great but it was just this idea that you'd go a fan would go along and give a different a different view of the game or whatever it was and I entered in with that um, I had to do like a match report or something like that from from my most memorable moment as a dubs fan mm. and um, I got called in for an interview and I got picked to do that so that was my in or whatever it was um, and then I just look it was two things I I got given every opportunity I could, if that makes sense. Like, and I, like I worked hard, but I got like I, I found myself interviewing Philly McMahon after a few weeks, and then I was in the press box for games. I was kind of going like, "Jesus, what am I doing here?" And it was an amazing experience. And then started doing the live shows on the Friday, the Dub Hub with uh, Eamon Fennell and, and Ross McConnell, and yeah. yeah, I just got the book. Got totally bitten by it, and I was lucky in that. I felt like uh, my, my immediate boss was uh, Hazel Nolan, um, the sports editor in there, and she was just incredible. Gave me, now, expected very high things, mm-hmm. um, as you would expect anyone in radio to do, but just gave me every opportunity. Like, I kind of felt like it was Chuck Robin the deep end, and as long as he's still swimming, we'll keep making it deeper. And that's what it was, and that that's where it came from. From winning the competition to, to working in Crow Park to doing the live show, and then that led on to... I did a demo for 104 then, like a, a fake news kind of thing, yeah, or, yeah. or a practice news kind of bulletin or whatever it was. And then I started working part-time on the sports desk at the weekends and started doing then shifts during the summer and stuff like that. And uh, and then the opportunity came up that there was a show on a Sunday evening and all of a sudden I did a three-hour show on a Sunday evening on F104. And like to be honest, it's still a little bit surreal to say it now. Yeah. Um, but no, broadcasting, radio... No, TV was always like, that was like, I don't know what it was, but it was always the big one for me. But no, and I was only thinking today, like it's, it's, it's happens to be World Radio Day, like it's been in, probably in my life maybe for the past two, three years. But yeah, it's had a huge impact on me. Mm. And no, but it was never, look, like most things, to be perfectly honest, like if, like I never would have said I was going to be a teacher either, but you find yourself in these situations and you, you just run with it. Speaking I was going to mention your tweet about World Radio Day today. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, you were just saying uh, all things radio has given you. And I just want to want you to elaborate a bit on what radio has given you over the past couple of years. <sighs> Huge. Yeah. Like, um, I, like, I said it in the tweet as well, and it, it, it's a big thing you come back to when it comes to a career. 
Um, like one of the best things I ever heard about like your job or whatever it was, it was two things. One is one my mom always says, and she said, uh, I, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And she said that about six months ago. Uh, <laughs> so it's nice to hear someone who's that little bit older and you say that. Um, and the other thing is like, you know, like love what you do and you never work a day in your life. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Look, no matter what your job is, you're going to wake up some mornings you're just not going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But, <coughs> uh, <Like today>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, radio for me, like I've, I found myself in situations I never would have thought. Like I got to cover Manchester United in the Aviva Stadium. Like I got to ask Josie and Mourinho a question at a press conference. I was just oh, like, uh, a United fan. Surreal, yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> leave that out for the moment. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> but, there's that, like I, I like you know, all Ireland finals, like in the press box, like I remember, like did remember, you get accreditation on on all Ireland? Not final all Ireland final day, yeah. no, no, no. But right up to the right up to the quarter yeah. final, like and oh, then, all Ireland final day is just yeah. Was, Greg, yeah. our own Greg, made his debut in the Croke Park uh, press box over the summer. Yeah, yeah. I did actually. Yeah, um, I was on duty for Leash and Carlo in Leinster semi final. Big games, big game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was a good strong Leash man as well. So watch yeah. what you're saying, Rob. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I got to I got to go back for uh, I was like a puppy that day. I oh yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, free I, soup. They give you free soup. I have a good one for you now, right? Yeah. So <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of soup, you have just uh, right. So I was actually on duty last weekend, or not sorry, not last weekend, the weekend for for Leash and Loud, uh, where we lost home advantage. We played the game at Croke Park. It was the first of a triple header essentially. So there was Leash and Loud, there was the Dublin Ladies, yeah. and then there was Dublin Men Senior Team. So. Um, they actually wouldn't give the press that were there on duty for the Leash and Loud game sandwiches or soup because they said they were saving them for the big game later. Big games later. That's And then one of the one of the journalists put it out on the radio on Midlands 103. And then uh, another actually included it in like the live blog that he was doing. And um Ted Rice, yeah. They, they came up and apologised to us afterwards. Did you kick like, off? <laughs> I thought you're probably too scared to kick off and drink. Yeah, yeah. Like it I'm, is hard. You, you kind of like I find as well. Like I'm always the thing I'm most scared of in those situations is the the unspoken stuff. Like I'm always worried about crossing a boundary where it's like, oh no, that's John C. John C. Yeah, for forty yeah. years, or like you know we leave that season. And they are very territorial like that yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. And look, fair enough. Like I think like it's kind of like I remember um, when we we did a yoke with with RT years ago, and I remember the sound engineer, and he was just so obnoxious like so obnoxious like he was like like constantly like moving mics and like interrupting scenes and all this kind of stuff and I remember at the time being like this guy or whatever but then when you get into it yourself I'm sure you guys would know as well like, like whether you're a sports photographer or comedy or whatever it is like you're, what you get at the end is you know that's your it's your name is attached mm-hmm. to that and you kind of you don't have to make friends you know you know the kind of way it's more about like what you're actually producing at the end of it so uh yeah you do kind of like you have to appreciate that like these are lads it's their livelihood you know yeah and, and like, but it is it's hard are it's you hard. are you calling us obnoxious rob no absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no but i i do see what you mean you know like i like i i know for a fact that that certain broadcast journalists do have their own specific spots their own mm. televisions of you know like the yeah, little screens yeah, yeah. that are there that's their seat mm. um like I know Crow Park do assign seating for the bigger games. For the bigger games, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they're too strict on it. For the bigger games, the ones around that evening, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Carlo in a in a in a Leinster semi final was a big game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the winner gets to lose to the lose to, to, Dublin. Lose to the Dublin. Well, what an honor that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I, I I have I have got up to the press box. It is it's the coldest place in the world. 
he said this yeah oh, he, he said it the I minute back, he, right yeah. i have a macbook um it's aluminium you know just it was actually just macbook yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're getting mugged <laughs> off get, like what is you know what Fergie darcy mugged me off as well hey Fergie, if you're listening i'm coming for you um <laughs> he's definitely not but yeah i came back after leech now game and i was like minus 15 up there oh. uh, my fingers everything just got no. like um, I remember my first, the first game I went because I had done the first year I just did the championship uh, like a good dubs man yeah. I just did the championship of course, and then the, the second year I was there for the, the league games just the home ones mm, again of course dubs God. yeah 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 I haven't forbid I should have to leave the pale but um, <laughs> I remember I remember going up and it was a, it was a February whatever it was like uh, February evening and uh, I, I was a double header I was there for the women the, women's, the women were playing Mayo and I actually can't remember who I think them dubs might have been playing Mayo as well I can't remember anyway but um I'll never forget it. I, I I got back to the car and I couldn't drive because it was so cold. Like, I couldn't feel my feet. I was like, I can't trust myself. I was shaking when, my, when I met my dad out yeah. in Jones Road and I was actually like shivering so cold. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah you be fuck. You live and you learn. You know that kind of way. Now, in fairness, I was warned. My my editor had in his email, you know, for my Americans for the week, had um said, I can't advise you enough to layer up and no. all this because I gone during the summer obviously for the Carlo game and I wore a t-shirt. I met Colin afterwards. Yeah. Went, went for a pint or two. Um, I was wearing a t-shirt and I froze. Yeah, and I couldn't understand. It wasn't it a particularly bad day that no, day, it was, was it? Because I was in the hill. And I'm fairly sure I remember it being quite lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everyone was going around in you know t-shirts and jerseys. Yeah. Like there was no jackets or anything. But it's weird as well because like I've I've sat in those nosebleed seats for matches and it's not saying no. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's. I think it's because really I, I was saying it's Colin there. I think it's because like the the press seats are kind of perched up a little bit and yeah. then you're going to expose maybe I don't know I don't know what it is but yeah no. it's not maybe it's, maybe somebody does it on purpose so you write more or type faster just so you're actually doing your work instead of just watching the game <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be too cosy in there you have to yeah. do your job <laughs> <laughs> go back to Galway will you <laughs> I even wanted here um, but sorry anyway coming back uh, yeah like that was it for me like it's, it's those opportunities um, and like um as well, I think it's it's like I know the, the, they were saying it was a three point one million people in Ireland listen to the radio now every mm. day, every every week or every day. Eighty three percent listenership nationwide. It's huge, That's and crazy. like you're literally you're, you're a voice, you're a voice in people's rooms, you know, yeah. like uh, and not in a weird way, but um, you know, like it is like you literally. Like, I mean, what do you do in your own? Time? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't judge. As we said, equal opportunity podcast. But you know, you're dropping into people's cars, kitchens, whatever it is, and yeah. and, and like it is, and I I got to do like a. When we obviously mentioned that tweet was like I, I wrote a play and got to record it for Radio One last year and I literally at one point I was like I was sitting in the Project Arts Centre and like I like the people who were on stage with me like two of my best mates and then professional actors I was like a Radio One mic in front of me like my family and friends there and I was like it doesn't actually get a hell of a lot better than this you know that mm-hmm. kind of way and that was a it was a really cool moment and yeah like I said for something that never was never top of the list uh, for me whatever the list was, it's become, a, yeah, a really, really integral part of, I suppose, who I am, where my career is going or has gone in the last few years. And so you're mainly talking about sport on, on the radio anyways. Is Actually, it? yeah. Just, I'm going to bring it right back to the start. Mm. So when you won the competition prize from 104, yeah. it was your best experience as a Dubs fan. It was. What ne- was? So that's funny. It was, it was, the word of it was your most memorable moment as a okay. Dubs fan. So again, most people kind of went for that and I was kind of like, well, I suppose... If you're gonna stand out, you better do something different. So, I went for the uh, let me get this right. 2010 semi final against Cork. Okay. When we so, got hammered. No, not that one. No, no, no. The, that, oh, that was that was, the, a, that that was, was the, yeah. The no, season, this yeah. was the uh, 
this was the semi-final where I think Brogan scored in the, the second minute and Dublin led from the second yeah. minute till the 71st yeah. and then lost it and I still I can still remember I was at the top of the canal and I still remember standing like with my head my, my, my hands behind my head and kind of going how? I was how, how did we lose that match? I think I was in the Cusack yeah, on, the, on the intersection between Cusack and Hogan and West, like, which was this down in Fraherfield down in Waterford where you're actually from like <laughs> Go again? <laughs> yeah, he uh, my my dad is a dub. Uh, okay. He he grew up in Loch Shinney. Oh, okay. Um, what? Just because you're throwing around a name that you recognise, <laughs> you think it makes you a dub now? Cop on. Um, <laughs> and he's been taking me to games since 2008. Totally. Oh yeah, like 2008. So I've time, naturally yeah. enough, I've uh, I've become a, a fan of Dublin yeah, football. That's just just, just, it just by chance, you know, they just happen to be. Uh, yeah, three years. Later, no, no, three in years fairness, later. in fairness, right? So for me, like, I was born in I was born ninety one, and like. I don't remember 95 mm-hmm. at all. No recollection. Like I was three or four and uh, four. It's basic maths. And uh, <laughs> You're our I, secondary school teacher. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, like, I think and it, it is a thing for modern Dublin fans and like, hey, modern Irish rugby fans, I think, as well, where they don't, they don't know what it was like. like and I, I don't mean that in a way. Look, I, I, in no way do I suggest that like, we can understand like, a team like Mayo or something like that. But like, I remember... Like I just never saw it. I remember like at no Ireland level certainly. Yeah, like and even like Leinster wasn't like, given. Yeah, like Leinster. Like, like I remember being pushed all the way by Leinster. Yeah, like yeah. Westmead. Well, Westmead as well. I, I have well, to say, yeah. in fairness, since I started watching the dubs, they've won every Leinster bar one, which was yeah. two thousand and ten. I remember Jesus, that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even look at those games. Like I mean, like I think like, like the Armagh game with Ray Cosgrove hitting the post. Like that Cork semi final. It's still one of the lowest points I've had as a sports fan. Like the Kerry trouncing in two thousand and nine. There was like meet the Tyrone trancing oh, in 2008. Pick your, take, take your pick. Yeah. Like I remember being behind. The, I was in the, right behind the goal for Mulligan's like Lashing seven dummies or whatever yeah. it was. And like you know, like we we had it. We had our fair share. But look, we're getting more than our fair share of it now. But that for me stood out because it was. It's it, it's a long time ago. It's you know it's Dublin's most devastating loss in. A decade, pretty much, and so for me that was. And it was definitely, you know, as you said yourself, like a lot of people would have said, you know, winning such thing, you know, or it'd be a very fond memory. Mm. I suppose you taking the approach of, yeah, just you know, trying they, to be, trying to be, memorable. Memorable. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was trying, to, trying to be a bit of a smart arse, yeah. like yeah. It was cor- <laughs> was it corked down in that final? In the, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst game I've ever watched. Here, here. Oh, no, I remember watching that. That was uh, same day. Correct. I don't know. I'll check Google one later. But as far as I remember, United. Beat Liverpool three two that day with a Berbatov Patrick. Wow! So I remember watching both those games back to back, and three D tri- Sky three D had just come out. Oh, I wow. sat in the sat in, sat in the bar and so was my brother watching. We went to Swords to watch it. So exotic. <laughs> and uh, popped the three D glasses you took that on. Dirty, <laughs> the, the, dirty, the dirty thirty three down to Swords. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and literally, yeah, sat there with three D glasses on. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and the barman was like, "Haven't turned it on yet, lads." Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's dreadful, dreadful game. But that, that's the final was. But yeah, and so that yeah, was for me. That's what like, and I, I think it's important, like you know, to, just to try and be, and that's what I tried to do with the blogs as well, was just to try and give something different. Because I was, I, I, you, like, you had a bit of journalism experience at that stage. You had worked for yeah, North that's County right. Leader. Yeah. yeah, the North County Leader, great yeah. institution. In fairness to them, like I mean, I walked in there as a sixteen-year-old TY student and work experience, and they gave me a part-time job and kept me going for a few years, mm-hmm. like freelancing and stuff, and. Um, what was it like going into a newsroom for the first time? Was uh, it what you expected? It, it was quieter and smaller because yeah. obviously, like I mean, it was a local newspaper, but it was like they, you know they produced a paper a week. They were 
you know, and, and they were always, in fairness to them, they were always very good to me. Um, I, I, like, and local news is, you know, like I, if I look at some of the people like that I used to deal with on a weekly basis, it was at a time where like North County Dublin's kind of whatever you call it, uh, the electoral area was uh, very very strong. Fingal, Fingal, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> should know that. Uh, but <laughs> like for blowing there, like, yeah, <laughs> lads like you know like there was like Trevor Sargent was leader of the Greens Party when they were quite big. You had Brendan Ryan who was a TD for Labour, uh, Claire Daly was local TD, like James Riley was Minister for Health, like so. You kind of you didn't really maybe you didn't really appreciate it at the time, but you were kind of you were cutting your teeth in a certain way. Um, but the newsroom was like, yeah, it was it was it was really different. Um, and I still remember like working there for a full week that summer and getting a front page, and it was what, what was the, what was the headline of your first oh, front page? It was um, I can't remember the headline, but it was basically about how it was such a slow news week. It was <laughs> such a slow news week, and I went looking for something. So basically, I was like. There's roadworks in Bob Riggin. I wonder are they, how are they getting on? And I rang Phil and County Council. They're like, oh, they're delayed by three months. Delayed three <laughs> months. Like, you know, that kind of carry on. Um, so, oh, I was cool. So I had North County leader. And then, I, like, yeah, I was always, I always had my, I don't know, I always had my toe on it, like, a little bit. I, I worked for College Times very briefly when they first started. Mm-hmm. And then I got approached by a guy who, who was the editor of Campus that I knew him. He was, he was a lad from school. And I came on board as their sports editor for a few years. Um, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that because um, it was just something I could well, do in my spare time. So yeah, and you probably had a lot of scope with it because oh, hugely. Yeah, it was just basically somewhere where I could bitch and moan about stuff yeah. if I wanted to, which was great. Yeah. Like, and in fairness, like I mean, like I look back on the, some of those articles now, and some of them, you know, there's some opinions in there that you're kind of like, with time, like you know yourself, and you're like, you're kind of like right. I wouldn't really fully agree with that. Like I remember I wrote a really, really damning article about James McLean and the poppy. Um, and I, it's it's one of the few now where I'm kind of like I look at it and I'm like I'm not really comfortable with everything that's yeah. out there. And but there were other ones like I wrote one about I got I transferred GA Club when I mid 2014 and, and uh, a few different reasons. Just like and I, that's what the article is about. Just this idea of it just wasn't for me. And what I mean by that is like. Um, I just didn't. I wasn't playing with mates, and I was kind of like, I'm not playing with my friends here. I'm putting huge amounts of time into it. Um, I'm in a town or whatever it was where I just didn't feel a hundred percent in it, and yeah. all I really cared about was playing football. Mm-hmm. I I had never, I'd never got that graph of the parish kind of thing that the GA is built on. And look, that's as much on me maybe as as the rest of the, as the team, whatever else. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I to be perfectly honest, I don't think I realised how big a deal it was when I did it. Um, I'm sure the backlash. Um, to be honest, at that stage, have you, have you played your former club? No, never had to. Never had to play them. Uh, it was a possibility at one stage, um, but no. Look, to be honest, like I said, I wasn't in the circles where I was going to get the backlash. Okay. Anyway, but they blocked it on a matter of principle, and I ended up in front of the Dublin County Board, oh, like you know, you know, pleading your case to twelve yeah, yeah, yeah. lads who don't know you from Adam, kind of thing, and. Look, I think it's there for a reason. It protects players, it protects clubs in particular. And what, how, how did you actually get it through? Uh, um, a dress room or something? Like no, that? so it, well, I couldn't because I literally moved the next town over and I was still living in Scary. So that's what they blocked it on. Okay. They were, they were, like, they were, the two criteria you can move on is a dress if you've changed, change, if you live, you've changed places or if you... Um, if there's no team available at your age group, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. So obviously there's if an adult. If they can't feel, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So obviously there's an adult team, and I was still living uh, in the town. So uh, I, I just, I put forward the case that I was like, I want to play football. It's very, very simple in my eyes. I'm not going to play football for this club anymore. So if you stop me from moving, I'm just not going to play football. And there was also happened that two other, 
two other lads had transferred or had successful transfers that weren't blocked. Okay. They hadn't played in about 10 or 15 years, but still, I was kind of like, look, you can't block in a matter of principle. And what I will say is, in fairness to the club themselves, I think the reason they blocked it was more as a matter of principle. So if someone... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and in fairness to them, they could have put the foot down and said no, mm-hmm. and they didn't. So I have a lot, I have a lot of... And lot the of greener that, pastures so. now, happier? Yeah, well, like, I'm, not, I'm not playing football anymore because I don't think I'm living across in, in, in the south side and it's just too hard to get back across and stuff. And a huge time commitment, but... Like no, a junior or something. No? I know, it's just, yeah, I'll, jo- I'll join Graham and Nathan out in Randall Gales, yeah. <laughs> did they say that? Uh, Graham plays for Randall Gales. Yeah. No did we way. Won a championship? Is he, did he not tell you about it? No. It's no. all he talks about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jeez, Nathan to be some full force. Yeah. <laughs> High ball in. You'd have to ball. I don't know. He's not. He doesn't look very coordinated. <laughs> full sorry. forward, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> sorry, Nathan. <laughs> uh, he'll admit himself. He, I'm pretty sure he's, he called himself a lanky ghoul during the interview. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. He, 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 did, um, he did. Yeah. So yeah, like, I, so I got the right about those kind of that kind of thing and. Um, I loved it and it was kind of just even having a little bit of scope in terms of like being able to you know find people who I thought might be interested in doing it um, so yeah and then I, I did a little bit then I left campus when I stopped being a stop when I left when I left Pats when I left ECU then in 2013 I left campus and then I did a little bit of work there for Pundit Arena okay back when they first kind of came into Ireland mm-hmm. um, and again just it was what just kind of, it was just articles just it? articles yeah, yeah I remember it was funny it only popped up recently because people were talking to CJ Stander in the oh. in the uh, in the England game playing with a broken socket yeah. a broken eye socket and then look that kind of stuff wrecks my head I just I I have every respect for a player that can do that, but I also think that it's a damning incitement on on the modern like kind of football or rugby culture, whatever yeah. it is, that he's not pulled off the pitch straight away. Like someone should take a medical professional. I, in my opinion, should be able to take a look at him and, and be able to make that decision. But um, so I remember there was a similar. I wrote a piece about something like that when Austin Gleeson basically went back onto a pitch, and every basically his ear was hanging off. Literally, was hanging yeah. off him. Uh, it was in the Munster Championship a few years ago, and. I remember like reading a quote and from what the quote said, the doctor knew how bad it was but didn't inform him and sent him back on. And I was kind of like, how worrying a precinct is this? You know, and I was talking about concussion and all this kind of stuff. And it was funny because it was my first insight into this idea that, you know, like not even clickbait, but just that controversy sells. I didn't think I was being controversial. Apparently I was. So this was by far and away the most article, most read article I ever wrote for Pundit Arena. And it, backlash underneath it I still remember one of the best comments underneath was well you can tell that Fanny never played football <laughs> and I was just like I did yeah I did would you, would you read like say the comment section now on say even like your videos and, and stuff like that yeah now we we would from a kind of an interaction point of view as okay. much as anything else but when you're younger it's hard yeah, I can imagine. It like, is hard, like, and your ego would certainly take it. It does take a bashing, yeah. and we like. We, I'll, I'll never forget, like, we when we before we kind of got anywhere really um, last week. Uh, before we really kind of moved and ended, like, uh, our, the, our Michael Collins video got shared. I picked up by Joe and shared. Joe and Ian shared before we had any involvement with them or anything like that. And it was abuse. A genuine, like, like some of the stuff. Like some of the, some of the stuff was quite ironic and quite funny. Like we had one where we had a lad like saying too soon, and we were like, it is a hundred years ago, <laughs> uh, or like we we we'd, we'd stuff like that. And then, but we had genu- like genuine, really, really like hurtful kind of stuff, uh, like personal comments. Yeah, and like you're just kind of going like for us especially because we were always kind of like. 
like two of us have history degrees. One of the, one of the lads' his dad is a historian. He's mad into history as well. So like for us, like this wasn't something we took lightly. This wasn't something like you know it was something that we thought was funny and could easily happen. And it was more of a comment on Irish society than anything else. But anyway, but um, I still I still remember like we one of the lads being like I'll hop onto the Twitter there after getting a direct message. And I was like, what's this? And it was rubber bandits. And they were like, saw your saw your video, saw the reaction. If you're annoying people like that, you're doing something right. Jeez. And we, again, we weren't in any way, like even less than we are now known and, and stuff like that. But I remember just being kind of like, that's, that's so huge. Like, and like it, for us, like it's something that we've kind of lived by since because we're kind of like, yeah, if you are annoying a certain brand of people, the people are talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and not, it's just kind of like you know, like if you if like if your work has credibility, your work is whatever it is, and your your content is viable. So like for us, that was that was a big moment. Um, but now, like if you go to our YouTube comments now, it's just we just do it purely because like look, interaction builds following yeah, and so yeah. on, but also because it's just good fun. Like and now what we do is when everyone comments, and whenever we get a negative comment like a Collins, like we'll just take the mic. Sorry, uh, but like we literally like we'd won there, <laughs> won there. It's actually it's our header, and we'd won where we'd a guy who commented away like normal abuse, and we were like, uh, oh cheers, glad you enjoyed the sketch, uh, up the doves, talk to you soon or whatever, and he replied, it's actually it's still our, our Twitter header photo, and he just replied, fuck the doves and fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh I like this. Yeah, no, yeah. Sounds like some white phrase. So yeah, if you're annoying certain people, you're you're doing something yeah. right, and that's kind of like yeah, that's that's been a huge thing for us now in the past few years. It's just, but it is, I think, and particularly for people who are young, I think, and now you see like there's a demographic of people who are like 13, 14 starting YouTube channels, and you're kind of like, are they are, are they mentally prepared yeah. for the? I, no, and they're not. Like they're not. Like same way, you know, same way. Like you you struggle with it now when you're in your twenties or your thirties or whatever it is. Like so, yeah, it's it, it it's look, we we've gotten our fair share of it and. It's just part of the process. Like yeah. you have to learn to like take some of it on board if it's real, but mostly you just have to kind of. I I, I doubt there's too much constructive criticism. In no, it was very little. Like no, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I think you could have done this better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really need to I'm enunciate just, your words. <laughs> I just thought your lighting was a bit off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's never anything like that. No, yeah. it's just more like it's usually something about our hair or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 The usual. On the other hand, Rob, you're quite active on Twitter. So like, how do you find Twitter? Do you enjoy it? Do you get much abuse? Uh, no, very little abuse. Very little interaction, fully, actually. Right. <laughs> um, but, no, look, I, I like Twitter. Wait, how many followers do you have, bro? Uh, seven, over 700. I have more followers than I'm following at the moment. Oh, that's, that's I'm quite enjoying that at the moment. Quite enjoying that at the moment. I'm just going to unfollow some people, actually. Um, <laughs> In conversation with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> he I actually like, follows me. Yeah. So, so I just unfollow him. That's going to have a favour now. Like, oh. I just, yeah, I like it. I, I think it's just... It's just a little less fake than a lot of social media. I find it's a lot realer. I find some of the ideas that are put out are deadly. I love the the fact that you can genuinely interact with people that you never would be able to interact with before. I think that's that that that's you know, and it's a great way to build following. It's a great way to kind of find new ideas, find articles. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy. It. Like, there's certain accounts on it that are just brilliant. Like. Um, there's like you know the kind of like the state of LinkedIn or that didn't happen yeah. in a year. Yeah, or yeah. I love. Those <laughs> but they're pages. they're they're brilliant. Or you, or like from there right the way across to like say for example, um, I can't remember Daniel or something who would um, live tweet Trump press conferences with all the lies he's telling, like and baffling stuff. Yeah. You know that kind of way. So like you, you kind of get the spectrum of like 
absolute clarity and like that's brilliant and I can switch off to like genuine political commentary kind of thing so uh, yeah I, I think that's the reason why I like it um, it's just yeah it's just that little bit more I don't know it's I, like, yeah it's not I'm not you're not living your best life on Twitter I think yeah. this is maybe the best way to put it but yeah, yeah. you're not putting on that 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 mask for yeah that filter kind yeah, of yeah 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 um, and do you engage on any other social media uh, Facebook I, I have of... have Facebook have Instagram but personally it's like Facebook for me anyway it's just I, I literally use it for for the shit stuff yeah, and that's yeah. it like and and to cringe at the old memories and stuff like that but that's it I, I don't know it's it's funny like you have to you have to wonder what is like what's the best way to build following and all this stuff now because for a while Facebook was this hope yeah. like not only in terms of like like our own personal use and stuff in the early 2010s but like there are there are companies who built their entire model or adapted their model to facebook video mm-hmm. and then with the click of a finger and the move and an av- of an algorithm that's n- it's nothing anymore you know yeah, that kind of way snapchat and instagram are definitely taking the wind out of facebook sales 100 and yeah. i think insert instagram more so yeah. Um, yeah i think even snapchat has kind of is, is starting to fall by the wayside okay. we, we've um, even noticed ourselves now um say if we promote on facebook one of our episodes yeah. It's not getting half as much feedback as it would have done. And that's see, this is my problem as well. Like, like we we have, I don't know what it is, like a few thousand followers on, on Facebook. But if you look at your reach, it's never the full back. Yeah, and you're expected like this idea that you should have to pay for followers that you have generated, that you have hooked in, that you have gone out of your way to get. But yeah, I have to pay to make to them still see. Interact that's with them, yeah. like you know that kind of stuff drives me mental. And uh, we the other thing is as well is that it's quite misleading. Like. And if you say, for example, on your video stats, so you try try like this evening with a laptop, try and find your retention stats. And what I mean by retention stats are is how long someone lasts into a video. Yeah. So for YouTube, from what I know, it's three to six seconds. I think anyway, I haven't checked in a while. Three to six seconds counts as a view. Okay. So if you click into a video automatic uh, accidentally and then come back out of it, it's not it a view. Yeah. However, if you flick past the video on your timeline on Facebook, that's a view. Well, right. Okay. So. Like if you look, if you go into your retention stats, like I remember we we put up a, we put up a video and because it was our own and we could look at them, we had twenty thousand views on them. And I remember going in and it it'll take you about ten minutes to find the retention stats. It's the first thing because they don't like you seeing them. But when we went into it, we were realizing that like fifteen thousand of those people had dropped off after ten or fifteen seconds because it literally they just yeah. scroll past yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. you're kind of like so. Facebook gives off, I think, the impression that it's great for you and it's great for your following and stuff. But because it, your uh, metrics are kind of feeding into that. Completely, kinda... completely, yeah. Um, Which is bizarre because we found that Instagram in the past couple of weeks we found that Instagram is probably a more effective social media. Yeah. But they are owned by Facebook. Yeah. So it's strange that one seems to be now seems to be a lot more efficient than the other, but are both run effectively by the same. Yeah, I don't. But see, another thing is, I I don't think Facebook probably a lot of people just they don't use Facebook anymore. And if they do, it, they yeah. purely use it for Messenger. They purely mm. use it for or finding out people's birthdays. Yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and one person that was quite vocal about being against Facebook was Ricochet. Yeah, um, okay. he said that he he had a page, uh, mm. and he found that despite the following, he was not getting nearly as much interaction no. like proportionally. Whereas then he started a group for That's his right. book club, book club. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is obviously 23K or 24K 20, strong. Yeah. And he, yeah. s- he found that as soon as he started the group um, interaction, just shot mm. up. Because if you're part of a group, things tend to come up it's more often. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's priority. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, he, he, 
he spoke wonders about Twitter, really. But um, yeah, he said you kind of a damning indictment. Yeah, and like it's funny. Like, I'd say if you ask like kind of the up and coming generation or whatever you want to call them, like the people in their teens now, none of them have Facebook. Mm, no, do you know that kind of way? So. Mm-hmm. The bubble looks to have burst on it. Look, I'm absolutely no expert at all. But from what I can see anyway, for us, like I think like Facebook was the biggest one for us because it was the biggest one for our generation. And like I remember like I only set up our Instagram last January. Um because we were like we, we don't have any following. Like we like and we were trying to like broaden out across social media. I think we'd Snapchat for two weeks and then got bored of it and um so yeah, I think it's more like I don't know, your platform is important, but I think it's more your content is your content is what makes it makes it you know that kind yeah. of way and um, if you have good content it gets out some way or another I think no matter what social media you're using um, and obviously Joel as, as a teacher um, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're probably quite conscious of what you actually put out mm-hmm. in that sphere like um, has, has it weight like I know obviously before you were qualified and, and mm-hmm. such did it weigh on your mind like what are you putting out in that public um, it once once I applied so that would have been back second year in college. Once I applied, I became a little bit wary of it. And then obviously okay. being in school, then I became very aware of it. Yeah, it's affected what we can do. Like, there's no other way of saying it. Like, the lads have come to me with sketches and I've had to go, either that goes out by yourselves or I, I can't put my name to it. I can't be in it. I operate by a very, very simple rule. And that's like, if I can't put that up in a classroom, okay, I can't do it. And look, it, look I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's affected what we've been able to do. But... I'm just like you can't be too careful in this day and age. And have you ever had a backlash where maybe a parent or a no? It's nothing but positive, like which is great. Like and in fairness, like there there came a time back in 2014 when I was just about to start as my first full time job, and the lads had just started in Joe.ie, and it just kind of made sense. We were like, let's draw a line. Let's finish it now. You guys can't make content now. I'm probably in a situation where I shouldn't be. So we we kind of drew a line there. Um, yeah, and we kind of, I don't know, the the biggest thing was, for me, it was like, how long? How long till people find out? Uh, two days in my new shop. <laughs> Literally two days in a school where no one knew who I was. Two days. And you just have to use it as a positive. Yeah. Like, because I, you I, have to control the spin. Uh, yeah, that's exactly that, it. Yeah. Like, I, I remember... Um, one of the teachers asked me, could he use one of the videos in assembly after a few weeks? And I was like, I was like, do you know what? It's incredibly cringy, but yeah, because I'll sit there and I'll be like, yeah, that's me. And Again, if you own ways. it, like, if you, yeah. I always find that if you own it, like, like th- it, that's one of the things now that would be kind of like a, I don't know, like a, like a handicap for me going into a classroom. The other is the fact that I literally look like a TY. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you well, just, well, <laughs> Rob, what age am I? 21. 25. 25. Right, so you're only like yeah, yeah two yeah. years younger than me. Like yeah. so, like How do you, you, yeah. you at least have facial hair. Like <laughs> well, when I go into the press box, they're like, "Where's your daddy?" Oh, when you, 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 you go, you lost the boy. Hang on now, Greg got ID'd. Wait for this now for Red Bull. Oh yes, yeah. you have to be yeah. 16 yeah. years old to buy Red Bull. In um, his in his home th- hometown. On your hometown, that's it, that, no. Okay, so <clears throat> sorry. What's my hometown? Like I'm, I'm from a very small town. Boys, no. But um, it, it was important. Um, you got ID'd for I got ID'd for it. Um, not I got ID'd for the lotto. That was you the lowest I ever got. What? I got ID'd for the lotto. Wow. Well, you have to be 18 to do it, Yeah, because yeah, it's gambling, technically. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, yeah, I got Oh, another, another one was um, 
I was getting rolling papers for cigarettes for my friend and uh, for my friend, man, I promise. Um, <laughs> 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 All right, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I was ID'd. Uh, despite the fact, okay, I ran up on my lunch break and work. Um, I drove there, okay. So I had the car keys in my hand. I had my name badge from the place I work. It was a bar, and um, I also uh, it was like half ten. So you have to be over yeah. eighteen to work in a bar. Anyways, all this. I went up and she wouldn't give them to me. She was like, "Do you have ID?" And I was like, "It's, it's, it's paper with a bit of adhesive on it. Like, what, yeah. what's the problem?" And uh, and surely knowing the word adhesive should be enough to prove yeah, you're like, over 18. Much, like, I, I don't think it registered with her. I, yeah. yeah, she didn't look too sharp. And then, <laughs> and yeah, she just, like, I was like, I've got car keys, so look, I have to be at least 17 to be driving a car. So, you know. Well, actually, that's funny because we, there was a guy in school and he was one of the first lads in our year to start drinking. And he, it was the funniest thing. He used to, in order to get served, at the age of 15, right, you wouldn't get away with it now. He used to go into the off license, right? And he'd put on his dad's blazer and tie. No will from the in between, this kind of thing, right? And he'd walk in and he'd be on the phone, (laughs) twirling his car keys, right? His car keys. And he'd be like, "Uh, yeah, 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 no, no, fill out that spreadsheet. Six cans of Dutch, please. Um, (laughs) And got away with it. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he he, he, he could get served. So, (laughs) Um, but look, it's about. I always, like the thing for me was like no it's never going to draw back thankfully but I have to be careful like mm-hmm. it's as simple as that and um, there's been there's been like there's been situations where like I said the lads come to me with scripts and we can't use them or I remember we had a gig in Whelan's a few years ago and a load of my ex-students showed up and I was kind of like I got really kind of freaked out for a second and I was like actually no that's actually really cool and I was like that, that, the that's cool they went to the ball yeah and, and they're, not, they're not curved or whatever it was but again like we're just you just have to be a little bit careful and you can see it nowadays, like with, with, with social media and stuff like that. I don't like using phrases like cancel culture, or whatever it is. But you just have to, you have to mind yourself, you know. And and no, I've always been, thankfully, I've always been careful with it. And thankfully, I haven't had any of the backlash from it. But have, yeah, you, have you ever had any cheeky kid in your class? You know, constantly. Oh, yeah. oh my god, constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get Smart like remarks. you get lines thrown at you. Now the biggest one is is, is parent teacher meetings. Is parents sitting down and, and, oh, and saying, like, yeah, yeah. probably. Struggle to take you seriously? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, like I said, I don't like, mean that a bad no, way, but, but I like I remember when I first started. Like so, like I, I've been teaching there for five years. Like I remember my first year, I, I like parents must have sat down and been like, oh, "Come on, <laughs> my son has my son has a beard." Like you know what I mean? And yeah, so look, you just you have to like everyone has their own things or whatever it is. You just you own it, you move on with it, and you kind of you try as much as possible to use it to your advantage. Like, what, you know? What's what's your go to? Retort now for some smart chap in your class. Ah, uh, uh, I usually and I go. Oh, that sounds really good. Is that from a video? What's the, what's the name? <laughs> yeah, I'll put that up. Um, no, I'm 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 quite old fashioned in that. I like to do the old. <laughs> 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 That's my favorite. Like I just think the old ones are the best ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ever throw a duster in the direction? No, of the she don't have dusters anymore. It's no shock. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, the whiteboard ones. Yeah, yeah. They're soft. They're much it. softer. Yeah, they bounce straight off the kids. Heads. Oh yeah. So I hear. I yeah. got a I got a duster. Missed me by this much. Very Paul Galvin-esque, yeah. yeah. And uh, again, it was a uh, former leash captain, actually, that threw it at me. But... Um, Who's involved in the media? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, did a bit of radio. Uh, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, if you remember Paul, Paul Galvin, didn't he catch a kid with a duster? That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Back when he was a teacher, do you remember mm. when he taught? That's right, yeah. And, and then, then he, he was a model. 
then he's a model now he's a own fashion designer and yeah. inspired by Samuel Beckett and he's still it's one the of the biggest worst interviews, interviews you could ever oh did you did anybody see him on the late late oh wow yeah. I don't I, yeah there's certain there people I don't understand why they put themselves in the public eye if they're oh, not willing just, to make an effort like there has to be a little bit of a give and take yeah. Yeah. Um, especially, on, especially on the late late like, yeah. you know like the more I watch it right so we we came across Ryan Tuberty uh, when we were filming we did a, a sports prank sports prank show pilot for RT back in 2013-14 and Ryan Tuberty was on board for one of them it was, we were pranking Kenny Egan and he was meant to be interviewing Kenny Egan, but he was in on it or whatever. And uh, and we'd written it, and then a couple of us were in it. And I remember meeting Ryan Tuberty for the first time, and my impression of him was The Late Late Show, or The Toy Show, or his own show, or whatever it is. And the more I remember our interactions with him, and the more I see him on The Late Late, the more I think he got railroaded into something that just doesn't suit him. Mm. Like, and I mean that with every respect to the man. I think he's an incredibly difficult job. I think he's incredibly restricted by what he can ask, and what he can say, and what the tone is supposed to be because I think Ireland is still very much like that. But he is like one of the funniest people I've come across. Like he was, like when we were writing the sketch and stuff, he was putting input and stuff like that. And I remember him saying, this is what I love doing, taking the piss out of someone, being a bastard. He was like, I love this kind of stuff. And he did a couple of Republic Italian sketches. There's one, I, I think they, it's, it's only got about like a thousand views. So I, I can't remember when it went out, but I, I still go back and watch it every so often. But it's basically him prepping for, um, the Late Late Show when he's going to interview Nelson Mandela and they tell him at the last second that he's actually going to be interviewing John Creedon <laughs> <laughs> and it's just but it's brilliant because he's literally sitting there and he's like oh I don't want to be here and you're just kind of like that doesn't come that naturally to you there must be a part of him that's like that so I actually think it's how do I say this I think it's another example of mismanagement of talent quite RTE and I, I mean that in the best possible way. I think they have to. Yeah, the talent is there. It's just not in the right it's, place. But is, is that's it something the that format of the show, or is it the fact that it's the state broadcaster? I think it's the format of the show. I think it's the fact that it's up directly against its complete opposite in the Graham Norton yeah. show. Yeah. And but I also think it's the fact that, like we were talking about earlier, like if you're annoying certain people, you're doing you're doing good things. But the problem is, is that certain people in Ireland is about 60% of the population and they're the people who still watch TV and they're the people who still give the ratings. So I think they, they that's still who they appeal to. And uh, yeah, RTE is, yeah, it's just, it's it's quite a conservative place. And there's... You've obviously, you, you and the guys have obviously done a small yeah, bit. Yeah, a small bit now. And what we found... Did it factor in that at all? Where you yeah. sat down and said, look... No. No, it was never said, but I think quite often what I find with RTE, I think, is that, particularly when it comes to programming and stuff like that, is that they find something that works and they beat the living crap out of it. Like, like Damon Iver has got two series in a movie, am I right, in yeah. saying that? Like, that was a sketch from Public Teddy. Brilliant sketch in a sketch format, right? It worked well. Personally, I don't like those stereotypes. I think it's just easy comedy. But same, they did the same with Bridget and Eamon. Very good in a short sketch. Becomes a television program, okay? That has, like, and if you look at those later seasons of Republic Italy, they had some of the funniest people you could ask for in Ireland. They had Fred Cook, they had Kevin McGarren, Andrea Farrell, like, these really, really funny people. But I don't know whether it's just fear of trying something new or whatever it is like the Royal Bandits have said something similar as well mm -hmm. like that, that, that when, when they produce something for RT all they're thinking about is how they're going to clip it up and put it out online and mm -hmm. I, I, I just find like and they, 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 
what I've seen anyway is that there's quite a drain of talent now leaving Ireland. Like if I look at some of the people that, that we've come across as well, like Alison Spittle, gone. Yeah, she's in, UK, in London, in now, London yeah. now. Ryan Cullen, Edinburgh. Because there's not a huge amount of opportunities here in Ireland. It's very hard to break in. It's very hard to, you know, like what do you aim for anymore? That's what myself and the lads had this conversation a while ago. Like when we first started being kind of like, right, we might be able to do something with this. We were like, right, program RT. That's the aim. Is it the aim anymore? You know, like in a way, like what, what, if you're a young content creator in Ireland, it's very, very hard yeah. because what are you actually aiming to do? What are you, what are you trying to do? YouTube now and just social media, it's, there's a lot more avenues that people can go down. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose, yeah, you're not tied geographically. Yeah. Like, I think Colin Moore, in fact, that, you know, he was doing stuff on Sunday game, RT, but then he was at the US Open. Yeah, um, but he's been picked up. Like, yeah. there, like another lad who I spotted, like, and there's a perfect example of someone who I believe anyway, like we, we have plenty of, uh, of mimics in this country and stuff like that and produce brilliant stuff. The one thing Conor Moore has that I think is just absolute gold is, is that yes, incredible impersonator. But my God, if you took his content and read it on a page, it's funny. Whereas I find with some of the other ones that you see in Ireland, um, you just don't see that. There's no depth to it. It relies entirely on the mimicking and entirely on the impersonation. But the actual jokes and stuff he writes are brilliant. You know, that kind of way. So, look, there's, look, there's an example of someone who kind of went as far as he could in Ireland by, the, by his mid-20s. Yeah. Mm. And now is, like, on a, on a major US TV, yeah. and, you know, and, and one of the nicest guys you can meet as well. Oh, yeah, Connor's actually former guest. Yes, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, when, when we were speaking with him, like, he spotted a niche, and that was golf there was nobody doing it for golf and yeah. fair play to him like I, I think he said it himself to us in the interview that you know it is a very limited scope in Ireland like mm -hmm. it's a very limited audience and I, I think I think he commented that like the English humour it, it is slightly different yeah. and you know um, but fair play to Connor he's doing, he's doing great but that's there. it but it's, it's just it's frustrating now that even with all these developments with all these kind of technological advances and all this kind of stuff is that we're still exporting our talent. Like, you know, it's no different than it was for the likes of Darrow Breen. Or, like, you know, when, when's the last time? Like, do you guys remember the panel on oh, our team? Oh, my yeah. favourite show. Like, I grew up watching the panel. That yeah. was brilliant. Breen, that, that like, you know, just... and that used to be, like, and then you, like, I don't know. I just, I find now that there's just not a hell of a lot of places to go. Like, you're like, like look, like, The Young Offenders, brilliant Irish comedy, BBC produced. BBC, yeah. Dairy Girls, Channel 4. Mm -hmm. Like, Father Ted going back, Channel 4, Channel 4. like, you know, and you kind of have to ask yourself a question is, when, when is the last time good Irish comedy was produced in Ireland? Yeah. But it seems that like RT nowadays, they don't like to take risks. Yeah, it's I'd agree with that. Yeah, and like, we, we, we found that a little bit. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating, you know, and there's such, there are such brilliant and funny and unique voices out there. Like, if you go to any of the stand-up gigs in Dublin, right, you can get free comedy most nights in Dublin or pay a fiver. Like, you know, like Cherry Comedy in Whelan's or, like, you know, the International or the Comedy Crunch in the Stag's Head or uh, Onshore or any of those places. And you can see hilarious people, like, really funny people. The likes of Peter McGann, like, um, like even Claire Cullen, who obviously made her fame on YouTube, was a good stand-up comedian as well. Like, and it's just, I don't know. I find the problem is, personally, I think is that, yeah, it, it's very limited in Ireland. But it's also that RT, and I think a lot of other comedians and, and stuff as well, it's just, oh, 
drives me mental, but it's this focus on, I always, myself and I always call it immersion humor. It's that, like, oh, did you leave the immersion on? Oh, uh, yes. That, you know, that kind of easy, easy Irish, yeah. paddywhackery, flat seven up, you know, like, yeah. and I, I just, I feel like it's been done to death. Yeah. yeah. And it, it really frustrates me because that's, unfortunately, that is what makes it now. Like, that is what you will that's see. That's what's selling. Like, it's yeah. what's selling. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating because, look, maybe it's just frustrating for me because I don't find it that funny. But I just, I just feel sometimes that, like, yeah, Ireland is it's a small place. And yeah. maybe it is a little Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of the humour out there is like, oh, you know you're Irish when. Yeah. That, that kind yeah, of, yeah. like this kind of trying to relatable, going back to your childhood kind of humour. But it's is, tagging culture as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, that kind of way, it's what, and that's how you get most of your interactions now is if you tag your friends because it's not just going to pop up on their timeline it's popping up on their friends timeline and so on so look people people do what they have to do as well and um but yeah we like that's incredibly difficult i think is, is that trying to trying to be original or trying to be different i think and trying to take a different slant on things and because yeah i i, I and i think Ireland is maybe not the place to try and do that. Do you see a pa- like a show like the panel on RT again? I'd love do, to do, see. Do you it. think they they'd return something? I I, th- I think they've kind of steered away from that. Yeah, of. I think so too. Because, like, any if you think about that now, like how well how well would that work? Like if you put that on if you put that on like a Sunday evening or a Monday evening a half line, mm. right? Like, and if you have a full social team on that. You can have live tweeters or whatever it is. You, you, you clip out, you know, the 30-second funny bits and you put them out on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Like, it writes itself. Actually, sorry, and it doesn't. Like, you've, probably you know, got, you've probably got five fairly well-known comedians. You, could, you know, and Like, literally, you've probably news. got 50. Yeah. Literally. And you know, like, all their name? followers come... Like, you know, like, old yeah. names. Yeah, names. yeah. Old names, awesome. new names. Like, like if, you, if you put... Honestly, God, like, if you put, like, a panel up there... Like, I know... Back in the day, it was you know the likes of Andrew Maxwell, Dara O'Brien, and uh, Neil Deramere, people like that, Dermot Whelan and stuff. But there's a new generation there. Like, and if you put, like, you could imagine, like, like think of the panel setup, and if you had, say, for example, like Alison Spittal or Eleanor Tiernan or um, Andrea Farrell, Kevin McGarren, like the Rubber Bandits, Foil Arms and Hog, like they're, come on, like that's just off the top of my head. Like there you go. There's no, like, all you need is a studio. You could borrow a Primetime's one. Like, it's, it's not that hard, but there's just, there's a risk in it. And there's, there's a la- uh, there's a risk in it. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think because it's state broadcaster, because it's accountable to the public, and maybe it's not what everyone in the public wants, maybe that's what it is. But it, there it is. There you go. There's an old format. Bring back the panel. Nostalgia is huge at the moment. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like, like, look at anything that's come out, like Stranger Things. Like, like, there's a huge push at the moment for nostalgia. Like, God, if the panel was on, I, I would block aside an error whatever day it was <laughs> to go and watch it live. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the, the opportunities are there, but they're just, they're not being taken. Do, do you still see RT as the pinnacle for an emerging, we'll, we'll say, media enthusiast? Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, and... I'd agree. Sorry, well. sorry. Not in terms of, not in terms of what... In terms of comedy or whatever, in terms of comedy, no. Okay. Um, I absolutely still think they're the pinnacle in terms of what, kind of what they do, sporting wise. And okay. So, and that's as like 
like some of the personalities that they have and and everything like so I think uh, sports journalism wise absolutely and radio wise some of the stuff they produce is fantastic like uh, like if you listen to Morning Ireland in the mornings like two hours that just run like clockwork every morning yeah. like it's incredible so absolutely they are the pinnacle in terms of stuff like that uh, when it comes to comedy um, no I wouldn't I just I just don't know and it, it's it's unfortunate but again I don't think it's entirely their fault I think they're completely hamstrung by the situation they find themselves accountability, in accountability yeah. and accountability and, and like I said the backlash like, listen, listen, listen to Joe Duffy and you'll realise why RT can't produce I didn't actually listen to it after the late late Valentine special but I'd say say Joe's ears was burnt but there you that was go. tragic yeah. well, well, it always is tragic yeah. Yeah. but yeah well, look, look there you go that's that's so Rob just in terms of talk about the media landscape now in Ireland do you think about it from your own perspective your own career on maybe ever moving abroad I know you got your teaching here full time Abu Dhabi for a year tax free (laughs) have to be two years yeah if you come back after you have to pay your tax oh really yeah yeah yeah. apparently so we're here Um, look yeah I think I think it's kind of ingrained in Irish people to to glance abroad, I think. Uh, look, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still very young. Like I'm, I'm five years into my teaching. Like you know, I still have another thirty years of my career technically. So, suppose you take a break earlier than you, because you go yeah. back in at the lowest pay grade, don't you? Uh, no, you, you just, but yeah, you lose, you lose yeah, out. You lose like, the, it's, but it's more like, yeah. I'm not telling you to go to Australia, like, but go to Australia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like I, I don't know. I, we were ch- we were chatting before we came on about like. Uh, Jared Regan's Irishman Abroad and there's a line in that it's like you know I, I couldn't do what I had to do in Ireland I had to go to England or whatever it was and there is this kind of yeah you know growing us for export almost um, look I don't know is, is, my, is my honest answer uh, I've been incredibly fortunate in what I've done so far in terms of the opportunities I've been given the people who have backed me at really important moments be that in uh, like you know the likes of Paddy McKenna and Joe Daly Hazel and Nolan and 104 the likes of uh, Mick Brennan and Emar Mahoney and RTE like a huge backing from them from, from people at really important points um, but I don't know is the honest answer um, it's it's a hard it's a hard leap to take Yeah, it's a hard leap to go from guaranteed job guaranteed wage stability hours pension all that kind of stuff it, it, it's difficult um, and I came incredibly close to doing that a while ago and I, rem- I still remember getting in after a, after a shift on the sports desk and I remember kind of sitting sitting on the edge of the bed and uh, I remember turning to my girlfriend just being like I- I'm at a moment here I'm at a, like, I'm, I'm at a crossroads kind of. and I was like I don't know what I'm going to do I don't know what decision I'm going to make but I feel like in 10, 15, 20, 30 years I'm going to be looking back at this and going great decision or bad decision and kind of trashed it out for an hour and really really thought about just giving it a go for even for a year and trying it yeah yeah just trying it for a year and I was like look I'm not making a decision this evening I have a couple of months or whatever it was and uh, the following day I'm like literally 12 hours later there were uh, huge redundancies announced in one of the media companies I was working in at the time and part of me took that as a sign Mm -hmm. part of me was kind of like right there you go and in fairness like that was one avenue of work and then another avenue of work about two months later the outside of the teaching dried up as well and I was kind of going like if I had jumped I would, would have, I would have been jumping into a shallow pool like you know and so that scared me 
and it sticks with you, you know, like in a way, because even like, no matter how good it's going in media, like like we were talking about earlier with the Facebook algorithms, it can flip in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know is the honest answer, as much as I would love to do it. But it's also, yeah, like I love teaching, I love what I do. Um, I've found myself, whatever, with two or three jobs that you can't do unless you love doing them, yeah. so. So Rob, as I said, we'll bring, we'll bring it back to the lighthearted side. Um, Outside of outside of work, outside of we'll call it your other work as well. Yeah. Um, what do you like to do? How do you relax? Uh, depends. Um, sports for me, like yeah, absolutely. Like it's a huge part of one of the things that I work at. But like that for me is just yeah. Now relaxing probably isn't the word. If okay. you're a United fan, you're watching the game last night. Like it's not. It's been it's been a bad couple of weeks for. False optimism and being crashed very very Brought quickly back down to earth as an Irish Irish rugby fan and then as a as a United fan as well. So yeah, sport for me is massive. Like and that's like running and uh, playing Astro and stuff like that. Question uh, for you, Rob. Yeah. Are Liverpool going to bottle it this year? I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope Colin so. Colin here is diehard. Oh, I wrote, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah. I wrote a piece for for Campus years ago and it was like it was the year of. Uh, what was the year Liverpool won the title? Sorry, the year Jared slipped. <laughs> the year Jared slipped. Uh, and I remember writing a piece being like, I should want Liverpool to win the league, but I can't. And it's exactly the same now. Right? <coughs> this I, episode is never City. going to end. <laughs> but I, but I, can't, I can't stand City, right? Yeah, I can't stand yeah. them in terms of them being United's closest rivals and all that kind of stuff, right? But also just what they stand for, like, and how they're backed and where they make their money and all the stuff that's come out in the recent months. Mm. Just no, it's not like it's they're just not a club I could ever get behind. Whereas you look at Liverpool, like, and look how likable some of their players are. Like, look at Klopp, like, what a like, what a brilliant kind of energetic, charismatic manager. Like, look at Salah to come from nothing almost to where he is now, and the likes of Firmino and Mane. Like, there's, there's no there's no one hateable in the Liverpool team anymore. Like, you know, there's no there's for me anyway. There's no Suarez, there's no Carragher, there's no Hoopier. Like, all those players, Risa, players that I grew up by, just being like, oh, I can't stand lads like that. But no, I um, do. I think Liverpool are going to bottle it. I think what happens against United on Sunday week is massive for them mm-hmm. because it either kickstarts their season or it destroys it. Yeah. I think if they beat United, they could easily win the league. Uh, I have them tipped to win it in a, in a pool and work. Um, and part of me is kind of like, well, win win. Liverpool win, at least I have that. It's just the fans, I can't stop. I, no I kind of have one Liverpool <laughs> win, uh, so Colin doesn't draw another tantrum. Yeah. Another one? Yeah. After Real Madrid final last year, or no, I just I I, I get I just get very worked up and agitated uh, when I watch Liverpool play. I, ne- I, I, like, I never. Uh, no, that was Ireland. That wasn't Liverpool. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, but yeah, I I I don't actually look forward to a game anymore because I I I hate like. Because Do you think it, that transfers to the players? Because like Liverpool fans must be en masse like that. Yeah. But when you see the way they play, they're a little bit panicked. Leicester and West Ham games, definitely. See, see it, I don't know what it is because it happened in 13-14 as well. We were playing amazing football, thrashing teams week in, week out. And then you get to a stage where one result trips you up and then your whole season could go to shit. Yeah. Um, I, don't know if it, yeah, I don't know if it's kind of a click moment or is it just over time it builds up. But it just seems like um, and the, like obviously media doesn't help as well like people talking mm-hmm. about Liverpool title hopes basically from the start yeah. of the season and yeah. before it probably doesn't help either but it just yeah because it seems like because obviously we had like that that perfect month of December where it just seemed like any team in our path mm. we would just sweep them aside and, City were losing. Um, and yeah 
and then some people have forgotten we had that well. we yeah. had that game against uh, City, and it just seems like one one thing falls out of place and the whole thing goes to, like no like the whole thing going to shit like it people were freaking out. It's two draws. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, never freaking, lost a game. Yeah, exactly. We we've lost one game in the league all season. That like, and I, I keep going back to this. If as a Liverpool fan you offered me that at the start of the season, I would bit your hand off. Oh yeah, absolutely. But ne- yeah, it's just it. You won't be able to enjoy a game now until May. Isn't that like... I can't enjoy a game until it's over and they've been on the winning side. Yeah. That's, that's it, literally. Um, I, I can't. Uh, w- watching a game. And like, it's usually... Once they score the first goal, I think it's grand. Like, I'm fairly grand. But it's scoring that first goal and the longer it goes on, the longer it... like or the more awful it is. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's, it's never been easy being a Liverpool yeah, fan and it never will be it's easy just like being a start crying again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, what, do you have a favourite stadium in Ireland? Oh, favourite Or even County Grounds? Yeah. Um, I miss Lansdowne Road. Like, I miss, I, I was only chatting about this with, like, like you know the, you know the tiny stand in the Viva Stadium? Yeah. That's the schoolboy section now. Do you guys remember the old schoolboy section? I never got to go to Lansdowne. Right. So the old schoolboy section was like terraces. Okay. And like you'd get your ticket for like whatever it was. I sound like I'm about to say And you'd get your tickets <laughs> for an apple and a bomb. But you used to, yeah, you used to, you get your tickets, whatever it was, for like dirt cheap. And I remember going to the Autumn International in 2004 and uh, I'd just be, like I remember Ireland beat South Africa. Ogara scored a try, then our end. Like you, it was like the hill, you moved. You moved with the players, stuff like that. And I missed that in the stadium. Um, I started going back to League of Ireland games last year. Um, and like, Tiananmen Park is oh, funny. Do you, do, you, do you support Rovers? No, I'm a okay. goals man. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, I, like uh, there's something really, there's something really nice about God. Like, I know Bo's thing at the moment is Terrace is not TV. Um, there is something about being at a match, like, that, 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 that's really, really special. Um, so yeah, like I, I love like those old League of Ireland stadiums. Like again, like I remember going to Daly when I was a kid, Tucker Park. Um, yeah, those old kind of stadiums are class. And then like even like Parnell is. I'm realizing I'm Parnell. Parnell, where's that? What? Where's that? It's a dope's home ground. Oh really? Yeah, it's a dope park. No, 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 no. So Parnell for me. I think Colin, you've never been to a game in Parnell, have you? Like, uh, he's a real Dubs fan. You, you don't go to Parnell again. Don't get me started. Um, but Parnell Park is like, I, I know I'm doing a real dub thing of only naming stadiums in Dublin. Uh, <laughs> but like the thing I love about Parnell Park is is two things. One is that it's just so compact. Like it's it's just it's real proper king of the ground kind of stuff. Like or it's like kind of like you know parked out in the meet or something like that. Close to the pitch. Yeah, yeah, close to the pitch. But also. That was your pinnacle when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. That's where your that's primary where you school finals were. That's yeah. where you wanted to play. And I remember playing in there in sixth class and just being like, oh, this is class. When you were working the regional paper, did you ever uh, did you ever do the Cumberland One School finals? No, no, never, never covered them. Oh, no. I did it twice and I'll never do it again. Really? Just yeah. the backlash. Like, I swear to God, we had parents ringing in. Oh, that doesn't surprise spelled me. Spelled name wrong. My son actually scored three yeah. points, not... Yeah, you know, sure. Paul Herod tweeted something about that letter. He said he got he got a solicitor's letter from when he it was Paul Herod. I can't remember if it was him or someone else, but there was a solicitor's letter sent into the newspaper because uh, a try had been re- uh, assigned, uh, attributed to the wrong player in a senior cup game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We shared wow. it on Twitter a few weeks ago. It's worth going back and looking up. Yeah. So yeah, people get very people get very, very productive. Yeah. Oh yeah, I actually met someone on a night out, and they were like, it was actually the night my bank card got swollen. Swallowed, yeah. swallowed that time. Um, 
and she was like he spent my she had twin sisters um and like they were younger obviously and uh they the teacher had actually like the teacher can't tell them apart is what i learned right. afterwards okay. um so she just kind of yeah so uh one of them actually scored like six points the other was full back so she didn't score <laughs> And uh, very aggrieved, and yeah, I had to listen to it for like ten minutes of a drunken girl screaming on oh, Main Street Port Leash. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So Joy's a local media, yeah. isn't he? Your face is now. <laughs> Rob, uh, tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. Coffee. How do you take a coffee? Uh, milk. Just no milk sugar. Milk. Yeah, I can't drink tea. Sweet enough, like yeah, yeah sweet enough. I don't like tea. I know, I know. I don't like You're tea. Irish and you don't... Uh, what? Oh, come on. What? And did you leave the immersion on? As well? <laughs> yeah, I just... I tried. I remember actually being like, I'm going to try in sixth year. I was okay. like, I'm going to try. And uh, I was like, no, this is, this is awful. Can't get into it. Yeah. I used to like it with like four sugars in it. And then I was like, I should probably stop. That's a lot of Because, you know, yeah. like, yeah. The I ideas. think two now, but yeah. too heat. Too yeah. heat. Heat. Yeah. Uh, Rob, favourite films or music? Oh, films um i'm now i'm notorious with lads for like being really bad for films um the departed is definitely up there mainly because i went to see it in the cinema and hated it be- because i thought matt damon and leonardo DiCaprio were the same person <laughs> for ages and then i remember one of the lads being like go back and watch it and i remember going back and loving it um and then i remember like myself and owen from shitsman's way to France when we were like 16 and just in a TY and went with his parents like and I remember like he was like right this is your education in film and I was like alright class and we watched like I still remember like watched The Prestige Zodiac 7 and I like all those movies always stand out to me because I was just like alright so this is what good film is uh, music I am again appalling uh, I'm mad myself um, a couple of lads are uh, got mad back into Irish music like the Dubliners and kind of folk, folk music and all that kind of stuff so um, big fan of that what do you make of the Liv Kelly statue isn't it awful I, oh. oh lads I love them I think they're class <laughs> oh, no, the like, big head the it's big head brilliant oh, did you see the photo with the Twitter last night of the guy running yeah. past it yeah. <laughs> but uh, I actually I don't know I just look I think Ireland like we're we're, we're, we're awful for like dragging people down straight away kind mm. of things but I, I actually I have to say it's what he looked like when he sang. And that's how most people remember him. And mm. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. And it just kind of, it, it captures it really well. Certainly being a tourist and heading Ireland. And seeing if you saw that as a tourist, you'd be like, I need to get out of this town <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> who is this, like, <laughs> Medusa looking lad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no, I have to say, no, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, favorite interview you've done and somebody you'd like to interview? Uh, favorite interview. I've done. That's a good. Why have we not used that question? That's a great yeah, question. Um, <laughs> just <tell that> <laughs> it's a toss-up between. I interviewed Catherine Switzer, who was the first first woman to win the Boston Marathon, cool. uh, and that was just amazing. Like it was just kind of like like her story and everything around it, and like it was on the 50th anniversary and stuff. Like that was really cool, and just yeah, and just how relevant her story was to to kind of what's been going on now in, in the world in the past couple of years. That was really interesting, and the other one was Philly McMahon. Purely because it was my first really serious interview for 104, um, and he was just one of the most interesting guys you could come really? across. Like, yeah, and really, really good, really sound, really, really great with his time and everything. Um, so yeah, they 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 be the two that stand out to me. Like, there's been others along the way, like, but no, no those stand out for me. In terms of who I'd love to interview, um, uh, Shay Gibbon. Huh. I just, um, yeah. funny story for the Champions League final last year we went to J.K. Stoutman's a mate of mine and my dad and my uncle went to J.K. Stoutman's because I think Joe were doing an event there 
Okay. They were doing a panel discussion or whatever beforehand, and then obviously they were screening the game. And of the panel, there was Shea Given and David Thompson. They were downstairs, we were upstairs in Stoutman's, and we were watching the game, and like like two minutes into the game, over my shoulder, look up, Given, standing right there, and he came, and I got to watch, like it was pretty surreal, I got to watch the Champions League final with Shea Given, and he was like, talk, like he was engaging that's with us, scary. like he was like talking that's, that's about surreal. the game. Colin, yeah. you probably would have asked him for an interview, but you're probably crying after the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I already did ask or him halfway through, actually. <laughs> he said yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Can I come? Do you know, he was, he was. In conversation has his fourth <laughs> member. <laughs> He we were was, trying to replace Gavin, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was my hero growing up. Like I was, yeah. I always played in nets, no matter what sport I played. Like so, like I, I still, I still remember entering an essay competition in fourth class about how much I loved Shay Given. Like I drew a picture and everything. Please don't listen to this Shay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love uh, to sit down. The leap card ad is horrific, though. I it's it's we'll just yeah, yeah. We're I, lo- I love that. his older stuff. Not yeah. a big fan of his, more, of his new, new releases. Newer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I just yeah, he's just someone who's always. Always fascinating to be at the top of your game. Like, when's the last time we had someone, an Irish international, who played that many games in the Premier League? And as well, like, I mean, quite interesting in terms of like he missed he missed out on two Premier League medals. So he went out on loan from two clubs, Blackburn in ninety five, ninety six, and City in whatever year eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah, that's right, the Aguero year. Um, so he missed Premier League medals on both of those occasions. Mm-hmm. And that always really interested me as well. I was kind of like, like, what's that like to... Like, I mean, even if you played 60 minutes, would you still feel part of it or whatever? And then the retirement, coming out of retirement, yeah. No, I, I, he, he'd somewhere, like, I'd love to stay in. Well, we always finish off the show, Rob, with a question. Um, any advice you can give? Or what's the best piece of advice you can give? Uh, the best bit of advice I can give is if you get your foot in the door kick it down with the other one and I mean that in the best possible way like if you are lucky enough to get a break in media or in radio or journalism or print and digital whatever it is just do not go into it lukewarm like give it everything show that you're committed show that you're passionate show that you're you know you've done your work that you, like because I, I that's something that's that's always stood to me is just being able to prove that you're worthy of being there because if you don't prove that, no one's going to prove it for you. That's that's the the only bit of advice I can give is just just work your socks off and realize that you know no job is nine to five anymore. That you are going to lose weekends, you're going to lose evenings, you're going to miss stuff. And if this is something you really want to do, then you cannot stop pushing for it. The best bit of advice I was ever given was pass it forward. And in that if you ever end up in a position where you can do that for someone, then back them. Um, and like, you know, if, if, if you happen to be that little bit more experienced, then give that little bit of advice or say you'll proofread something for someone or offer them whatever you can. And I think that's really, really important as well, particularly in Ireland where everything is so small and everything it's knows very, Yeah, you know, it's a very you small know, pond it for is. the media industry. And but even like, like say for example, like lads like, that's like Graham and Nathan or, or Peter Collins and even Tara Marie for the hybrids last year. Like they're they're like they're young, brilliant, like incredible at what they do, but still so willing to offer that back to people as well. Like we, I, yeah. we found that um, with our, like you know, we've we've been very fortunate that we've got to interview some of the biggest names in in you know Irish society, mm. and 
every one of them, like we, we honestly couldn't say a bad word about any yeah. of them. Um, everyone went out of their way to help us. Yeah. Like even what we, we, we had our first trip to Marconi House a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. We yeah, got yeah. to interview Fergal Darcy. Uh, we got to record it in the studio. That actually prompted us to buy our Zoom because oh, okay. we were listening to our older episodes and we were like, the sound audio quality is some yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and like, Ferg was brilliant. He said, anyway, I can help you going forward. I'd love to, you know. So, yeah, it, it seems to be a recurring theme. Um, everyone wants to give back a little bit. Yeah. And as Ian Dempsey said, was, was Ian Dempsey? Ian Dempsey yeah. said that you never know who's going to be your boss one day, so be nice to everyone you come across. In the yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He said that even, at, like, even him now who's probably the most established uh, name in radio yeah arguably arguably um and even he he says that i like one of one of these days you could be running today fm and i could be answerable to you yeah. so just keep keep people on side and don't don't piss off anybody yeah, really, i'm not yeah. doing a good job of that right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah the media world is it's small yeah. it's like you know ireland is small but that pool is is incredible it's very small. very yeah yeah Anyway, Rob, so, thanks for thanks very much. No, for last, thanks a million for having me. We've, we've yeah. definitely run over. I, th- I think it's probably our longest one yeah. today. It could be. Yeah, it could be. We have to do a bit of editing. Yeah. That's a good thing, Rob. That's yeah, a good great. thing. That's a good thing. Um, yeah, thanks. We could have down in probably about twenty-two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks a million for coming, no Rob. Uh, this has been in conversation with Rob O'Hanlon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.